Welcome to episode 34 of the 3M Fear podcast. Anna was a sweet and cheerful girl. She had many friends who shared her beliefs and values. She seemed to have a bright and happy future ahead of her. But when she turned 14, something changed. Something dark and sinister took hold of her. She started to feel sick and uneasy whenever she went near the church or saw any religious symbols. She felt like a force was pushing her away from the place. She felt a sense of hatred and fear within her. She had no idea about the horrors that were about to follow her. This is Anna's story. Hello and welcome to the 3 AM Fear podcast. I'm Nikita Ferrao, mystery and thriller author. On this podcast, I talk about real crimes and real people. Due to the graphic nature of some of this content, listener discretion is advised. You can find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. Let's get started. Anna Eklund was a young girl who lived in a small town in Wisconsin in the late 19th century. She was born on March 23, 1882 in Switzerland to German parents. Her real name is unknown, although many believe that it was Emma Schmidt. Her parents had a very different view on religion. Her mother was a devout Catholic who raised Anna in her faith, while her father was a bitter and abusive man who hated the church and everything that it stood for they ended up moving to the united states to wisconsin when she was very young anna's mother was a devout catholic and she passed this on to her daughter who loved going to the church she sadly passed away in the early 1890s when anna's mother was still alive Her husband and Anna's father started having an affair with her aunt Mina. Although not much is known about this aunt Mina, she is said to be related to Anna's father, maybe a far relative. She was also known to be practicing black magic. Anna's father was quite the opposite. He did not like going to the church and even mocked those who went. When Anna was just 10 years old, He tried to initiate a sexual relationship with her. When things did not work out in his favor, he allegedly convinced Mina to put a curse on his daughter, and he did this by asking Mina to hex Anna's food. Anna was a sweet and cheerful girl. She had many friends who shared her beliefs and values. She seemed to have a bright and happy future ahead of her. But when she turned 14, something changed. Something dark and sinister took hold of her she started to feel sick and uneasy whenever she went near the church or saw any religious symbols she felt like a force was pushing her away from the place she felt a sense of hatred and fear within her she tried to hide her feelings pretend that everything was normal and push herself to go to the church but she couldn't She felt like she was losing control of herself 
like something else was taking over and she had no idea how to escape whenever anna would try to enter the church she would start feeling extremely sick becoming super panicked and experience overwhelming fear this is definitely not how someone should feel when they are going to a place of worship especially when they have been going there for their entire life soon anna started talking about wanting to break the holy water fonts and even mentioned disturbing thoughts about harming the priest despite these unsettling feelings she still felt like she wanted to go to the church but when the part came to take the holy communion she would instantly vomit them out right in front of the priest and the entire church people around including her father assumed that she was just sick maybe she was having the flu and that's why she was acting all kinds of weird they never imagined that demons may have something to do with it the situation grew worse with time anna's cheerful manner changed and she began having fits of screaming when faced with the bible the holy water or any sacred images eventually she had to stop going to the church anna's mental state deteriorated further she started battling depression and experiencing intense sexual thoughts and these thoughts were something that she had no idea about she had never learned never seen never known these thoughts feeling like she had no control over her emotions or sudden bursts of anger anna even questioned her own sanity she thought that maybe her mother passed away and that's why she's going through all these struggles back at home anna's behavior underwent a complete transformation she started blurting out extremely inappropriate sentences she would explain in detail how she wanted to harm those who went to the church there were also whispers about her having an unhealthy fixation on sexual matters that seemed beyond her age along with these emotional challenges anna would swing between extreme moods sometimes she would be happy sometimes she would become so angry that she would shout at people or even break things and after all these incidents she would have no memory of anything that happened she would just wake up look at the people around her and ask what happened as days went by anna felt even worse about herself because she didn't understand why was this happening to her she started avoiding her family and spent most of her time by herself even if friends wanted to visit she would tell them to go away she wanted to be alone anna felt like she was stuck in a room she couldn't talk to people she couldn't go out because she had no idea how she would react as time went on her situation became even worse in the year 1908 it wasn't common for someone to go and get help for mental problems but anna's family decided it was time because it was that bad the specialist examined anna but they couldn't find any physical reasons her health was in perfect condition in those days mental health was not taken as seriously as today and so people weren't aware of a lot of mental health issues so maybe anna really did have a problem but the specialist could not figure it out because the specialists had no idea about the different types of mental issues 
Anna's strange actions seemed to hide when the professionals were around, which made it even harder for them to help her. Even though her family tried, Anna's behavior at home got even scarier. She would suddenly get very angry and say things in a language that she had no idea of. The situation was becoming more and more puzzling and it worried her family. Anna's struggles continued for years and years without any clear solution. Nobody knew how to help her and people started keeping their distance. The tension in the house grew and it was not at all good. Finally, something interesting happened. Anna's aunt Mina decided to go to the church. I know it sounds strange. I mean, Mina was probably the one who put a curse on Anna, but now maybe Mina felt bad. I don't know, but Mina decided that it was time she would go to the church and ask for help. Either ways, the church was now involved. They connected Anna with a capuchin monk named Father Theophilus Reisinger. Father Reisinger was a priest for a little over a decade. He had studied exorcisms. He was recruited by Bishop Thomas Dunn of Des Moines, Iowa to come in and perform an exorcism on Anna if needed. Father Reisinger noticed that Anna had a strong negative reaction to religious things. Even more bizarre, Anna seemed to understand and speak languages such as Latin, Hebrew, Italian and Polish, even though she had never learned these languages before. She didn't like prayers or rituals in Latin, but she was fine with a regular conversation in that language. This was strange. When they gave her things that were blessed with holy water, she would get really angry and throw those things around. Father Reisinger decided to do a little experiment. He used some fake holy water, just regular tap water, and sprinkled a little of it on Anna. He wanted to see how Anna would react to this. Surprisingly, she didn't show any signs. She had no idea that this was just regular water. But she didn't show any signs. It seemed like she was normal with it. But when real holy water was sprinkled, Anna became violent. The real reason behind Anna's problems remained a mystery. They could only hope to figure it out during the exorcism process. So on June 18th, 1912, when Anna was 30 years old, Father Reisinger performed an exorcism on her. And you know what? It worked. And so they thought that the whole ordeal was over. Anna was free. There was no demon gripping her. For many years she returned to her normal self. She had a happy life. And it seemed like this was going to be her happily ever after. Meanwhile, at this time, Anna's father was on his deathbed. He mocked the priest who was about to give him his last rites. And soon later, Mina also passed away. Anna thought that this was it. This was the end of all her troubles. But there was more to come. The presence that had once plagued Anna was not ready to leave her. Over the next few years, the turmoil and troubles that Anna had experienced started to come back. Slowly but surely, she found herself constantly tormented by sexual thoughts, 
and believed that the spirits of her deceased father and aunt were troubling her. Despite their passing, these apparitions continued to torment her. As time went on, Anna's symptoms worsened and she was unable to live a normal life. Desperation set in and Anna wanted help. But the year was 1928 and at the age of 46, Anna's situation had taken a huge toll on her. She felt like her life was destroyed and that this presence was not going to leave her alone. Turning to a familiar source of aid, Anna reached out to Father Reisinger once again. By this time, Father Reisinger had become a popular figure in performing exorcisms. He had completed 19 successful exorcisms. His reputation as the go-to person was set. Yet, when Anna returned to him, he felt worried. He was sure that he had set her free. So what was wrong? This time, Father Reisinger decided to seek additional help. While on a missionary trip visiting his priest friend Joseph Steiger at St Joseph's Parish in Erling, Iowa, he made a request. He asked the other priest for permission to bring Anna to his parish so that he could perform another exorcism. The choice of location, Erling, Iowa, was not a random one. Father Steiger was not completely on board. He was not comfortable and he didn't want an exorcism to be performed in his place. but he couldn't let his friend down so he decided that he would ask father raisinger to take permission from mother superior he was sure that mother superior would say no and if she said no the exorcism wouldn't be performed and he could keep his friendship but father raisinger was one step ahead of him he had already taken permission from mother superior and now the exorcism was about to be performed In the 1920s the region had only a small population of a few hundred people it boasted a catholic church and a convent despite the modest infrastructure the area was well connected by a rail line system which made the trip feasible this is exactly why father raisinger wanted this area the convent had privacy and seclusion not a lot of people knew about this so he could calmly performed the exorcism without anyone knowing what was happening behind those four walls even better no one had to know about anna's real identity which is why till date no one knows anna's real name father raisinger believed that the change of surroundings might disorient those entities giving her a chance of relief on august 18th 1928 Anna arrived at Erling, Iowa by train. The whole affair was secret. Only a few people knew about it. There were two priests, a few nuns, and a helpful housekeeper who was going to help them. Other than these, no one knew what was going on. Anna's condition throughout this trip was very erratic. So much so that the priest had to inform the people on board that there was something wrong with Anna. When they got to the station another priest came to pick them up When Anna saw the priest she lunged at him and tried to choke him Father Raisinger decided that it was better that he would go to the convent separately Shortly after settling into the convent a peculiar incident happened 
Anna became very angry when one of the sisters in the kitchen accidentally sprinkled some holy water into her food. This caused Anna to react quite unusually. She didn't physically transform into a cat, but she acted like one. She began purring, meowing, and even hissing. She refused to eat the blessed food. This mishap was a problem, as the top priority was to keep Anna calm, and that was not working. The first exorcism took place on August 18th to August 26th, 1928. Anna was securely positioned on an iron bed with her sleeves and dress tied to prevent her from moving during the process. Something was bound to happen to Anna while the prayers were going on and so strong nuns were chosen to hold her down. The exorcism began with prayers, the Holy Trinity and almost immediately something happened. Anna somehow managed to free herself from the grasp of the nuns and the bed. Her arms yanked free from whatever was holding her onto the bed. She jumped through the air and landed on top of the door, balancing sideways on the wall. Witnessing such a strange sight would have made anyone scared and want to escape. She was growling, babbling in Latin and refusing to move. Even with this, Father Reisinger remained composed and ordered the nuns to bring Anna back. They managed to lure her back into the bed and this time took extra precautions to tie her down. With Anna once in her place, the prayers resumed. But this time, her response was chilling. She began to howl, the sound resembling a horde of wild beasts let loose. The noise grew so deafening that even the neighbors who lived quite a distance away could hear it. Naturally, they were curious what was happening behind the walls of this convent. The activity would take place every day. Each morning, they would continue the exorcism and give Anna a teaspoon of water or milk. That was all that she could eat. The haunting echoes of agonizing screams filled the air around the convent. While specific details of these sessions are no longer available, it is said that Father Reisinger was targeted by Anna quite a number of times and he was even hurt. Although he managed to keep his composure most of the time, he was left weak and shaking by the time the day was done. Anna would mostly be in a comatose state during the exorcisms. Her eyes would be shut and she seemed like she had no idea what was happening around her. But suddenly, something within her would turn and she would wake up. She would speak in different languages and ways that were not her. Anna's condition during the exorcism sessions were quite distressing. She reportedly experienced bodily reactions. She would vomit, defecate or urinate in amounts that were not normal for a human being. And remember, she was only having a teaspoon of milk or water. So where were all these amounts of liquids and solids coming out from her? The most shocking part of all was sometimes she would vomit items such as tobacco leaves. These extreme reactions would disrupt the exorcism because the smell would be so unbearable that everyone would have to leave the room. So the exorcism took longer time to complete than what they had initially thought. 
Among all this confusion, Father Reisinger pressed the entity possessing Anna to reveal its identity. The response was chilling. It claimed to be many. Father Reisinger didn't stop there. He continued to ask the force, who was it? In a voice that sent shivers down his spine, the entity identified itself as Beelzebub and sometimes even Lucifer himself. The demon's answers were puzzling, but it gave some hints, suggesting that maybe Anna's own father had something to do with this. This surprised the priest and made him even more curious. He directly asked, did Anna's father do something? And the entity made Anna very angry. The entity said that it was Jacob, Anna's father, and her aunt, Mina. In a surprising twist, it confessed to trying to force Anna into a terrible and disturbing relationship. It claimed to have tried to make Anna do things that were wrong, sexual in nature. And this horrified anyone who was listening to her. After looking into the past, Father Reisinger discovered something troubling about Jacob's character. Anna's father didn't like to go to the church. He didn't like religion. He didn't bother about it. But even after finding this out, this wasn't quite clear as proof saying that Anna's father was the one who was behind all this. As they tried to remove the evil from Anna, her body got worse. She looked really scary with her face and body changing into weird shapes. Her skin, eyes and lips swelled up, looking strange. Her stomach became as hard as a rock. During the exorcisms, Anna reacted strongly to different things. Even holy water, as we know, made her react badly. She screamed, hissed and yelled a lot and even a small touch of water made her skin burn and blister. This was really scary, showing how strong the evil force was. After this series of exorcisms, they took a short break for a few days before starting the second set, and this set would last for seven days. Father Reisinger prepared a list of questions that he was going to ask this entity. When he spoke to the demons, they replied in whatever language he used. So he assumed that these demons knew several languages. He decided to talk to Beelzebub first. Beelzebub spoke in broken sentences, which made it really hard for father to understand. He said that he possessed Anna when she was just a teenager. He knew Father Reisinger very well, because remember, Father Reisinger had performed his first exorcism on Anna when she was young. So at According to Beelzebub, he was the one who was possessing Anna and he was really angry that Father Reisinger had forced him out of Anna's body. This time, he was not ready to leave. Father also learned that Satan had sent Beelzebub to possess Anna after her father had asked Satan to. Sometimes, the entity acted like different people, creating a dark story around Anna's life. It said that it was the tormented Judas claiming a wicked mission to make Anna deeply sad and force her to commit suicide and kill herself. 
when it was Jacob's turn to speak, he said that he was in hell. And he was not in hell because he was troubling his daughter, but he was in hell because he put a curse on her. He said that he was angry at Anna because she refused to have sex with him. Mina was the next to speak. She said that she was in hell, not because of the curse, because she killed her three little children. But later on, she said that she remembered she did have a fourth. She said she practiced witchcraft and she was the one who put the curse on Anna. Father Reisinger was taking his time to talk to each and every entity, trying to figure out how to free Anna from all these demons who had possessed her at once. The next one to come was Lucifer himself. Lucifer was not interested in talking to Father Reisinger. In fact, he was more focused on Father Steger. He knew that Father Steger was afraid and he wanted to play with this fear. The demon said that Father Steger had to stop the exorcism within a week or something bad would happen. This scared Father Steger a lot and he thought that the demon might threaten his life. As time went on, they didn't make much progress. There were tensions between the two priests. Father Reisinger was leading the exorcism and Father Steger was hosting it. But they didn't agree on a lot of things. Father Steger was not comfortable. He didn't want this exorcism to happen. And now that Lucifer had threatened him, he was even more scared. But Father Reisinger was not ready to listen to him because he believed that Father Steger was talking like this because the demon had influenced him and that nothing was going to happen. They just had to get Anna free. While this whole ordeal was going on between the two priests, Anna was still vomiting and her condition was getting worse. Father Reisinger tried to give her some Holy Communion, but she got violent and created chaos in the room. Anna's body seemed to be in tremendous pain from hosting all these evil spirits. At one point, Anna's body seemed to go into the mattress as if someone was crushing the weight into her. The legs of the bed would bend under pressure. Anna's face and body would swell up. Her limbs would swell up too and her body twisted in all forms of unnatural positions. She would swell up for the whole time until she would deflate and turn weak. All this time, the stench in the room was still there and it was getting unbearable. Swarms of flies would appear from nowhere and just disappear. Anna would curse and swear at anyone around her and she would speak about sins that people around her had committed that no one else knew. During this time, Father Steger was not sleeping well. He heard noises that sounded like rats running around. He felt like he was having panic attacks and he would hold the Bible close to him while he slept. He was so afraid that he couldn't get himself to go into Anna's room. Father Steger was not happy. He just wanted all of this to stop. One fine day, Lucifer told him that if he didn't stop, he would turn his whole parish against him. Lucifer told him that he would hurt God and the only way that he could do that 
was to hurt his followers. Lucifer told him to wait until the end of the week. And when Friday comes, his voice trailed off. Father Steger dreaded what would happen at the end of the week. As the important week was coming to an end, Father Steger's life took an unexpected and scary turn. He got a call from a farmer whose mother was very sick and needed some last religious rites. Father Steger didn't waste time and went to help. He was driving his car across a peaceful ravine when something strange happened. Suddenly, it became dark. The sky that was sunny turned cloudy and gloomy in just a matter of seconds. He couldn't see well and his car crashed into the bridge's railing, damaging it a lot. Miraculously, Father Steger was mostly okay with a few minor cuts. But he knew exactly who had caused this accident and why. A farmer who had heard this crash came to help. He took Father Steger to the doctor to be checked out. Even after everything that had happened, he still went to see Anna. He was scared, but he went. And that night, Lucifer came to talk to him. He laughed and said that his car was gone and he had to know that the devil was behind this. The second exorcism was concluded on September 20th after seven days. Anna was too tired to do anything now. The third and final exorcism started on December 15th. Over the next few weeks of non-stop exorcisms, Anna's state of mind kept changing. Every time they did the ritual, she would fall into a deep sleep-like state. When she woke up, she wouldn't remember what happened around her. In her visions, she saw battles between spirits and she didn't realize that during all these dreams, she was actually floating up the ceiling. Her body got worse as the time went on. She wouldn't eat solid food and threw up violently around 20 to 30 times every day. She became very weak and skinny. In Anna's room, something strange happened. Lots of flies and mosquitoes appeared from nowhere, filling the room, and then they would suddenly disappear. A terrible smell made the exorcist leave the room, stopping the process. These scary things alone were enough to make Anna's sufferings worse. They could only be in the room for a short span of time, they had to keep the prayer going, and as soon as it got unbearable, they had to stop and leave and then come back a few minutes later. Father Reisinger, throughout this process, was strong and determined. He was focused on saving Anna. On December 23rd, Anna suddenly jumped from the bed, hanging in midair. The only thing touching the bed were the heels of her feet, barely grazing the sheets. The room filled with flames. Father Reisinger saw Lucifer and Belzebub. The walls of the room started to shake. Anna shouted, Demons, Judas, Jacob, Mina, Hell, 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 Praise Jesus Christ. With this, she fell back onto the bed. With these strong words, Anna was herself again and the demons were finally gone. After the intense exorcisms, the memories of the frightening events stuck with the nuns who were there. 
they wanted to leave the place because the bad memories wouldn't leave them the building where it all happened was torn down anna the person who was possessed tried to live a normal life but the scary experience still bothered her father raisinger became famous for his role in the exorcism he even appeared in a magazine father steiger on the other hand wanted to stay away from the spotlight the exorcism lucifer had all scared him later on another priest father wogel talked to the people who were there during the exorcism he wanted to write down what happened but people didn't believe the story however there was a woman who used to work for father steiger and she confirmed that every single thing that father wogel had written down was true those things actually happened father steiger died in his mid 50s on november 8 1938 father raisinger continued to perform exorcisms and was well known all over the world he was also featured in time magazine in 1936 anna's real identity was not known but if she really was emma then her date of death was july 23rd 1941 at the age of 59 which is sadly not a long life because if you see she lost her mother when she was very young during her teen years there was a demon that was tormenting her an exorcism was performed yes but in her adult life the demons were back again and this time stronger she spent a majority of her life fighting demons fighting for her freedom A few months after Anna died on November 9, 1941, Father Raisinger died at the age of 73. If she really was Emma, then she went on to have a nice life, maybe not a very long life, but a nice life with eight kids, the youngest of whom died in 2014. But once again, we are not sure if she was Emma or if she was Anna. So even though some people doubted the story, There was a person who came ahead and said that this was all real. The whole experience must have been so painful. The story is known today because of all the transcripts that Father Raisinger had written. If Father Raisinger hadn't written them, maybe we wouldn't have known Anna's story. The memory of the exorcism lived on, reminding everyone of the frightening battle against evil forces. A big thank you to all my fellow listeners who have been listening to all my episodes. Thank you so much. Your listens, your support means a lot. If you love my podcast, if you love the stories that I put out, then please do follow me on whichever podcasting platform you are listening from and please do leave a rating. It will really help me a lot. If you have been listening to me on Stitcher, then please know that Stitcher is planning to discontinue podcasts. So as of August 29th there will be no podcast available on Stitcher. You can listen to me on other platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and any other podcasting platform. If you are in India, you can always listen to my podcast on Gana or Jiosavan. If you love to listen to strange and mysterious stories, then follow me on Instagram and YouTube where I put out reels on such stories. These are completely different from the ones that I put out on my podcast, so do follow me on them. If you love travel you can follow me on my travel channels I'll link them also in the description until then stay kind and stay safe out there